Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. It's nice to play something other than moving out Anthony's song, yeah. Or, you know, you just get used to the same old songs by Billy Joel and some other stars on the radio. So it's nice to hear something different. Get it right the first time off the album The Stranger. I'm Morgan Cunningham. Welcome to Spotlight Connecticut. We always do things that are different on this program, whether it's the songs that we play or the topics that we have or the way that we address the topics. And the topics always have to have something to do with Connecticut or the people have to be tied to Connecticut somehow. There has to be a CT connection one way or another. And today it is a very hometowny story. The story of the Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester, Connecticut. Now, even if you're not a big fan of beer and brew, I think that it's just an amazing story how a hobby turned into such a business. They're not just selling beer in a tap room. They've also got stores across Connecticut from Norwalk to Enfield and a bunch of places in between that are actually selling Labyrinth Brewing Company beer from Manchester. It's all being made very hyper-locally. So I stopped by there this week, and I had my handheld recorder, and I had my microphone, and I was able to talk with four people, four very great, very friendly, very down-to-earth people from Labyrinth. And I think that that also makes these smaller businesses so more personable because you're not dealing with a corporation. You're not dealing with corporate. You're dealing with kind people with a vision and a dream And they're realizing it and they're making it happen. So we talked with the co-owners, Adam DeLora and Sean Gora. And we talked with two employees, taproom manager Amanda Wilkie, who shout out to Amanda in particular because she lined everything up for this interview. And also Victoria Gunderson, who is a brewer. So we are going to get their perspectives on what it's like working at Labyrinth, what it's like being in the brewing industry, and what it's like just kind of getting to know the community in Manchester, Connecticut. And if you stay tuned a little later in the program, I'll tell you how I came to know all about Labyrinth. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, this is Kathleen in Norwalk, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Adam DeLora, he is one of the guests on Spotlight Connecticut this week as we explore the Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester. He is a co-owner there. Now, Adam... You have been part of Labyrinth now for the five years that it has been an official brewery, but you were also part of it pre-inception when everybody was exploring the possibility of opening up this brewery called Labyrinth. And I'd like you to take us back to that point in time. Could we start there? Uh, It was certainly exciting. I was at a point in life where I was looking for a change, you know, sort of get tired of uh, the office life, the hustle and bustle of the cubicle, right? And at the time, uh, craft beer wasn't as huge in Connecticut as it is now. There's breweries on every street corner now, but at the time, there were far fewer of them. It's a hobby that I liked. Uh, got in it with, uh, you know, a friend that I've known for a long time. So it was just sort of like this exciting thing to explore. How are we going to start this factory? You know, how are we, how are we going to arrange our space? What's it going to look like? How are we going to staff the place? Like all of those things. I really like the analytical aspect of like putting all that together and you know, eventually seeing it come to fruition, you know, with our own hands, we, you know, a lot of the stuff in this place we built ourselves. So, you know, it's like that entire building construction process was, I mean, if I had to pick one word, absolutely exciting. People ought to know, Adam, that before you went into the brewery ownership business and managing a brewery, which we're talking about Labyrinth this week in Manchester, Adam, you used to be, believe it or not, folks, 
a librarian and you worked in a library setting. Is this any different? You know, it's not that much different, right? So working at the public library and managing a department is different than running a beer factory. But at the end of the day, from like the 10,000 mile view, it's, it's almost the same. You've got materials come in, whether that's grain or brewing materials or materials for an event. And on the library side, you got books coming in or whatever. You're processing them. You're keeping track of all that stuff. I mean, the amount of paperwork that I have to do at this job, even though I left my office job to move away from the cubicle, I spend a lot of time doing paperwork now. So, I mean, it's very similar and just being able to kind of navigate the local government and, you know, regulations and all that stuff. Did a ton of that as a librarian, and man, do I do a heck of a lot of it now uh, running an alcohol factory. So From books to beer, literally. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, beer's a little more fun, but I still like, you know, I still like reading a ton, so we just got to mix the two, you know. Someday we got to get a library with a beer, you know, with a craft brewery in it, you know. Well, as we just said, you're literally going from books over to beer, Adam. How did you make that transition actually work? And what I mean by that is now you're no longer running a library, you're running a factory, as you said specifically a factory of beer. Asking questions of people in the industry, uh, just doing research. There's a lot of resources out there, you know, whether it's the Brewers Association and other, um, you know, professional organizations out there, uh, talking to other people, some trial and error. I mean, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, when you're trying to like fix something at home, you don't quite know what you're doing. So you like look up a YouTube video. It's very similar train of thought on how you're educating yourself on that. Just like seeking out any resources that you have to put that together. And, you know, sometimes it's as easy as picking up a phone call and calling another brewery and being like, hey, man, I got a problem with this. I don't know what to do. And they help you out or, you, you know, you figure it out. If my listeners could just go back in time just a wee little bit. Back in time, a few weeks when we did a Spotlight Connecticut episode on Hosmer Mountain Soda, which is in Willimantic, Connecticut, and they serve mostly Eastern Connecticut and maybe a few other spots, but primarily Eastern Connecticut. They were trying over the years to perfect their sodas to be as good as a competitor's or ideally better. But I know that there are definitely brands out there that don't want to compare themselves to another product and they want to do their own thing because they feel that's the recipe for success. So speaking on Spotlight Connecticut this week with the co-owner of Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester, Adam Delora. Adam, do you guys try to strive to be something else and maybe perfect it and do it better? Or are you looking to do your own thing? You know, I would say that everything that we're putting out um, has to meet a certain quality standard. And, you know, certainly there are styles of beer that are popular that we produce and sometimes we produce something that's a little bit outside of the box. So I guess that's that's a both, if that makes any sense. But for us, it's definitely a matter of it's got to be a good representation of that beer style. It's got to be a quality product. And if it's not, then it's going down the drain and I'm washing it down with my tears as I cry. So <laughs> if that answers your question. All right. Well, Adam, if somebody's coming into Labyrinth for the very first time in Manchester, they've never been to this brewery before, what should they expect? And maybe what would you recommend they try or who do they go and talk to? You know, we have a pretty chill sort of cheers like vibe. A lot of people who come in here for the first time, they say that they feel like they are regulars already um, just because 99% of the people that come in here are super friendly. You can easily strike up a conversation with somebody, um, you know, with a total stranger and a number of people who have met friends here, you know, their friends because they met here or they got married to somebody they met here is, is you know, I, I would need more fingers and toes to count all those people. Um, 
but we're definitely a, a welcoming, inclusive environment, and we we're pretty upfront about that. You know, like we want everybody to to come here and enjoy beer because you know there are so many different styles of beer, so much variety uh, in the beer world, um, and there's also such a variety of human beings. So we're just trying to like connect people to the right beers, if that makes any sense. Okay, Adam, so somebody's coming in here for the very first time. They've never tried any of your brews here at Labyrinth. What would you recommend to them, or how do you try to figure out what they're interested in, what they might like? Um, you know, it's just a matter of asking. You know, sometimes it, you sort of just, like, figure it out based on the, the person that's in front of you. So that might be like, hey, what kind of beers do you normally drink? And if you don't drink beer at all, okay, well, what other things do you drink? So then it's like a matter of the staff using their knowledge of the products and whatnot and just saying, okay, well, if you like to drink beer X, well, this is something that's similar. Or what is it about beer X that you drink that you like? What flavor component is it that you're looking for today or whatever? And then just kind of steering you through it. And honestly, if worse comes to worse, uh, we'll just give you a little taste of it and say, hey, we'll try this one, try this one, try that one. Bound to find something. Given all the options, is there one that's most popular, do you find? Wow, that's a tough question. I mean, we certainly sell a lot of uh, Turbo Love Juice, which is our flagship hazy IPA. Um, but we also sell a ton of Hellas Awaits, which is our uh, Hellas Lager. I mean, we've got a handful of flagships that, that move uh, at a good rate. And it really just kind of depends on what type of beer drinker you are. You know, do you want something sour? Do you want something that is light? Do you want something dark? I mean... We've got a, a wide variety on our tap list. Adam DeLora on Spotlight Connecticut, one of our guests this week, talking about Labyrinth Brewing Company. Now, Adam, you're one of the co-founders here. You've been here since before the place was actually officially born. And I want you to tell me what it was like going through COVID. Take us back to 2020. Well, I'll tell you, 2020 was absolute chaos. Like, nobody knew what to expect. And that is from trying to source uh, materials, whether that's like, you know, like the can crunch, like getting aluminum cans was a giant pain in the neck for everybody because everybody shifted to, you know, nationwide, we're all shifting to packaged product. So now we all want cans, like every brewery needs it. Right. Um, but also we rely so much on that connection with our local community. So when the local community can't come into our space, how do we connect with them? Like, so, you know, we ended up changing how we did events we did a bunch of virtual beer tastings and uh we do like a you know like a friday night sort of thing where we'd like get some food from a local restaurant to highlight them and we'd sit here have a few drinks broadcast it on facebook our followers would watch and we'd just answer questions and just i mean you know it sounds a little hokey but we're just trying to recreate that barroom experience but we just had to use the tools we had um, and just kind of work through those limitations. If I can't have you here physically, well, maybe we can dial you up on a Zoom call and, you know, walk through these five or six new beers that we have and, you know, give you that behind the scenes sort of, you know, we did like a virtual brew house tour, you know, and, and those types of things. So, I mean, 2020 was total craziness, like trying to uh, adhere to changing regulations and uh, expectations from people and just trying to navigate all the, the challenges that we had. At that time, how were people getting your product? Oh, at that time, we were just, you know, in the very early days, we were just curbside pickup. So, you know, that really shifted us from focusing on, you know, draft beer here in the tap room to packaging everything. I mean, immediately everything had to be packaged because you couldn't sit at the bar and, and drink a pint. So that's kind of led to us pushing out more um, wholesale beer. So like, you know, selling it in uh, package stores and, uh, you know, 
that sort of thing, but also just curbside. So, you know, we like every other place, we would just take orders on our website and people would drive up and we'd throw the beer in their trunk and, you know, wave and hey, thanks for your support and, you know, move on. I mean, there'd be a line of cars in the parking lot just cycling through, picking up their beer orders for a while in the very early days of the pandemic. That's a story I hear from so many different businesses of all kinds, the support they had from the community during those days. Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, us... We, from the very beginning, have always been very supportive of our community and whether that's, you know, charitable events that we've attended or, you know, supporting other local businesses in the area as they've started up and whatnot. We got that paid us back, you know, tenfold or beyond when the pandemic hit, like the number of uh, people who are associated with charitable organizations that we did fundraisers for that would post, say, on the Internet, you know, Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing and say, hey, you know, these people at Labyrinth, they did a big fundraiser for us in 2019. Now they helped us. Now they need your help. And then just try to get their supporters to come here and buy a four pack or something like that. That was great. Final thoughts on Labyrinth speaking with co-owner Adam. Any other final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? What else should they know? Yeah, I can tell you, well, 2020 and 21 and even 22 were a little bit of chaos around here. You know, 2023 for us is shaping up to be a super exciting year uh, for a variety of reasons. we got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. And, you know, by the time your listeners hear this, uh, we'll have our uh, new outdoor uh, seating area open. So, you know, if you want to sit out, you know, it's on one of these nice spring days and, and have a beer on our on our deck, uh, you know, you're that's that's super exciting for us to have that plus some other amenities and, and other big things in the works for this year. So I'm kind of looking forward to, to 2023. Let's talk with Amanda Wilkie. She is the taproom manager, and she's really kind of involved with everything that is front of the house, and she's definitely part of events and whatnot. She lined up this interview. So Amanda, what's your usual day look like? Basically, my day-to-day kind of change, ebbs and flows depending on what the week looks like. Um come in, set up, make sure the tap room's set up for the events, uh, any planning for the future events, um, making sure all the beers on tap are ready to roll. Uh, anything forward-facing is kind of my wheelhouse. That must mean you're dealing with customers. They're coming in the door, they're sitting down at the bar, and they're talking with you, and they're getting to know you. Uh, we have a really good group of regulars that come in often. Um, we have all walks of life, any Buddy is welcome here. Um, the Mug Club is uh, sort of the centerpiece of our tap room, and they've grown to be a really nice, close family. Um, but pretty much anybody that you can think of is welcome here. In some cases, I'd imagine you even have some personal friends from working here, just people that you met who come in. Yeah, you know, you see the same faces every day, pretty much. Um, you start to really know their backstories, their families, um, their relationships with uh their friends and uh, I think that's probably the best part of um, the job is just getting to know people on like a really personal level and becoming friends with them and uh, the community that we built um, within the community of Manchester. And like I mentioned just a few moments ago, speaking with taproom manager at Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester, I'm Morgan Cunningham. She's Amanda Wilkie. Amanda, you have an event coming up on Sunday don't you? This upcoming Sunday, the 26th, we actually have a uh, our Pink Boots uh, Society collab beer, which is a collaboration with the other members of the Connecticut chapter. Um, we are going to be releasing that on uh, March 26th at 2 o'clock. From 2 to 6, we have a small business pop-up shop 
We have live music. Um, we're going to be featuring artists in the community, and um, a couple of them actually work at breweries throughout the state. So just a really great like collaborative event to showcase um, other women in the industry. Um, it's going to be a uh, strawberry rhubarb blonde ale, which is super refreshing since it's the first day of spring today. So um, we're really looking forward to showcasing our brand new deck. We're going to have the heaters on out there, and uh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a good, nice little party for the springtime. I'm curious to get these kinds of events possible like the one this weekend. How are you reaching out to people who might actually not usually come here, but now you're getting them interested in coming to Labyrinth Brewing Basically, you're doing some networking here, but what is it that you're doing? It's just that. Like, honestly, the vendors that are coming to the market, uh, they have a huge presence online. They spread the word for us. So that is, like, the most beneficial part of having these kind of things is mutually beneficial. You know, we host them here, and they get to showcase their their art, um, their jewelry. Their, a lot. Of, there's a couple of different vendors that make baked goods. Um, so just... You know, using the platforms that they have and then our platform to share the event, uh, everybody kind of is able to uh, hear about the event and um, use the same social media just to gain more followers. Here's something that people might not know about Labyrinth, and this is true of many other breweries. It's certainly true here at Labyrinth. There's art throughout here that's made by local artists. Yeah, if you're a local musician or a local artist, please reach out to us. We are always looking to add new musicians. We usually do uh, music on Friday and Saturday nights, and we're always looking to add new artists to our gallery. We have a a nice wall as soon as you walk in to feature different artists. Um, We will be featuring some of the artists from Saturday for about a month. So um, I'm always looking for new artists to spotlight. So please reach out. Speaking about art, I'm thinking back to November when I came here to cover the pop-up event that you guys did for Small Business Saturday. And there was a lady here, uh, I believe her name was Maggie, and she designs artwork for a lot of the cans. Yeah, she's done, I think, two of our cans now. Um, But just like any community, uh, you know, you get to know people just going to different breweries events. I'm part of the Pink Boots Society, which is like the best way for me to to network with other women in the industry. You meet people from breweries. You meet people that have connections in different um, fields like art and music and just, you know, really using that network to the best of my abilities to meet new people. Any final thoughts, Amanda? Uh, Come out on March 26th and have some fun with us. Thank you so much for coming. Well, I'm definitely happy to have gone over to Labyrinth Brewing Company. But wait, folks, there's more. I've got more conversations. We're going to talk with not only another employee, but the other co-owner of Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Brownsville Station getting us back into the program. A little smoking in the boys' room. Hey, you can't do that. I'm Morgan Cunningham. This is Spotlight Connecticut. And this week we are talking about the Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester, Connecticut. Now, at the very beginning of the program, I said that I'll tell you all how I discovered Labyrinth. And it was through a friend of mine. And not just any friend, but the lady who takes all of my pictures. She's my photographer. And so when I do headshots, whether it's for Christmas cards or publicity shots, whatever it might be, um, and and anybody that is personal friends with me, you know that at Christmas you get one of my great cards (laughs) with one of my annual headshots. So my friend Dominique, she takes these pictures, and I met her in college. She is an absolutely fantastic Connecticut-based photographer, I wouldn't trust anybody else with my pictures. 
and I go to her all the time, and I'm going to bring her on the program here sometime because she does photography for live music shows, and um, her materials have been published in magazines and whatnot. Incredibly high quality. You'd think she's out of Manhattan. No, she's out of New Britain. And uh, the talent that is here in Connecticut is amazing. So Labyrinth for Small Business Saturday last November, they did a pop-up event. And a pop-up event meaning that, you know, maybe 10 people were coming and they were selling their arts, their crafts, their skills, maybe some light bites and some food. And it was just a great opportunity. And I found out about it from Dominique because she was going to be there and she was going to be selling some of her work and showcasing some of her photography. I said, you know what? I'm going to go to this. And I covered it on WTIC News Talk 1080 then and there. And my talk show had just launched. And I said, you know what, guys? In the new year, we're going to do a show all about Labyrinth, and today is that day. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm Bill in Plainville, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. The conversation about Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester rolls on with Sean Gora. He's one of the co-owners, and he was there when Labyrinth was Labyrinth before it was Labyrinth. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Hopefully you followed that. But yeah, he was there as one of the co-founders before the decision was made to turn it into an official business. They're experimenting with things and they're trying things out. They're looking at numbers and saying, hey, can we do this? And are we interested in doing it? So Sean, take us back to those earliest moments when you guys, you and Adam, and maybe some other folks decided that, yeah, it's time to go about and doing this. You know, similar to what Adam was saying, you know, I was looking for a change. Um myself from what I was currently doing. Um, you know, I had some uh, life circumstances at the time that sort of allowed that to happen. And, uh, you know, just figured I wasn't getting any younger. So, you know, let's go for it. YOLO? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you only live once. You only yeah, live once. As, as the kids say. As the kids say. Well, you're a kid. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're all kids. We're all kids at heart. And so, you know, you're learning how to do brew in your earliest days doing brew, right? What was that process like? You're trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work, the equipment that's involved. Let's talk about that in a few minutes here, but you're just getting started. So what was that process all about? Um, you know, trial and error and a lot of, you know, just, you know, even on, you know, on the homebrew side as you're learning, you're just learning how to build certain pieces of equipment and learning just how to make the simplest recipe come to fruition and turn it into something that you actually want to drink in the in the end and then you know from there you know you can really go down a rabbit hole and you know before you know it you find yourself uh, spending most of your waking hours that you aren't working your day job you know reading and researching and all that kind of jazz you know, for the most part, yeah. So all of the recipes and the ideas that you're getting to just kind of experiment with and start up, where are they coming from? Are they coming from books, the internet, friends? I mean, you know, it comes from all, all over the place. I mean, there's a, a million different beer styles, and then there's a million ways to make a beer that technically isn't a quote-unquote style. Um, you know, it, it comes from all over the, over the place, whether it's, you know, books or articles, the internet, um, just experience based upon what you've used before and techniques that have worked for you in the past or, you know, techniques that you'd like to avoid or processes that you'd like to avoid in the future. It's kind of, you know, just, uh, um, I guess, or just a, a 
pile of knowledge that you've gathered over the years, really. Does it ever happen you're going to try one recipe or you want to experiment with one thing, but something totally different comes out and it's either a happy mistake or total loss? Yeah, yeah, that happens, uh, you know, once in a while, actually. So, uh, you know, sometimes things happen where it's not salvageable and, you know, it ends up uh, taking a trip down the drain. Um, other times, you know, we had a, a, you know, sort of a happy accident last year where a beer we were brewing uh, didn't turn out how we wanted. So we changed it into something else and packaged it and, you know, it ended up being a, a great product and, and people really loved it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we're in the process of, you know, possibly another happy accident right now, but we don't know if it's happy yet. Well, we'll find out soon. So. <laughs> well, we hope it's happy. Yeah. We hope it's happy. <laughs> I'm Morgan Cunningham. This is Spotlight Connecticut. We're chatting with Sean. He's one of the co-owners here at Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester. You mentioned that there are a bunch of different styles for brews. Could you run down some of them and the ones that you guys really kind of focus on or specialize in here at Labyrinth? I mean, there are hundreds of styles, just so many. Uh, you know, the basic stuff, obviously, we, you know, we brew you know, fair amount of New England IPAs. Um, that's just, you're gonna find pretty much every place does that. Um, you know, we've kind of had more of a focus on on some loggers recently in the past couple of years, including some investments in uh, some actual um, loggering equipment as well too. Um, you know, we, we kind of run the gamut here, uh, depending on the seasonality and everything of the beer. You know, we have a small pilot system where we can brew anything. It's such a small quantity. It could be a beer that we know you know, on our large system wouldn't sell for a long time, but on a small system, it's great. So, you know, we kind of have a lot of flexibility here as far as styles concerned, but, um, you know, I don't think we really focus on a, a particular one, to be honest with you. So, except for again, you know, New England IPAs are king out there in the world still. So, so we, you know, those we always have, but you can come in here anytime, find, you know, some German lagers or some stouts or, um, you know, sours or, you know, all the above on tap. At one point in time, you guys were doing a lot of this work at your house and you're experimenting. Then you decide to become Labyrinth and basically become a beer factory. Can you talk a little bit about the equipment that's needed? I see you've got a big space over there. Talk about the equipment that's in it. It's a vast amount of stainless steel tanks, you know, starting with, you know, the brew system itself, which, you know, ours at our size runs off a, you know, large steam boiler. You know, we power everything with steam back there. And then, uh, you know, we have multiple vessels for fermentation. Again, all stainless steel. Uh, piping is primarily all stainless steel. So as you can imagine, that's not inexpensive. Um, and then, you know, generally cold space to store your product and um, a means to package your product. So, you know, we have a, a canning line back there as well. So we, you know, can can all our own products here. So it's... Uh, and then, you know, we have a, um, some testing equipment just for, you know, QA, QC purposes. It's just to make sure that what we're putting out um, is, you know, on par and shelf stable. Give me some numbers here. How many barrels or how many gallons are you putting out? A barrel's 31 gallons. It really depends. You know, again, the, the seasonality of it is, is different. You increase and decrease depending on, you know, what season you're in, you know, for instance, you know, January is always slower. Same with February, but January is always the slowest month because it's right after New Year's and, you know, um, New Year, New Me kind of resolutions, dry January, stuff like that. So, 
you know, you, you push out less product then. In general, you know, we're about a, a, a 700 barrel a year facility right now. And we're in the process of, you know, increasing that with, with some new equipment we've purchased. You obviously have to store a little bit. You don't want to store a whole lot, but you do have to store some. Is that a challenge ever? You know, if you're too backed up, you're either not selling enough or you're brewing too much. So that's really the balance back there is, you know, trying to make sure you have product for your tap room and for your wholesale accounts, um, but not so much product that you're sitting on it too long. We're talking all about Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester this week on Spotlight Connecticut. My guest now is Sean Gora. We're talking with several people involved with Labyrinth. Sean is one of the co-owners. Sean, tell me about how you keep up with the two very different worlds of distribution for sale outside of the Labyrinth store and also for use and sale within the brewery itself. Good staff, honestly. Like, that's really what it takes. Like, you know, staff that are dedicated to doing whatever, you know, specific job or area of the, the brewery that they're tasked with it's not something that we could do ourselves and you know honestly as a, as a growing business growing more into the wholesale market we're still working on how to achieve to keep track of that as best as possible if that makes sense so it's you know it's always very fluid you know it's easy to keep track of if you're in three towns surrounding the town you're in but when you start expanding further and further and further as you said, down Norwalk or where not, it's, it's, you know, it's a much larger task. On the distribution angle, Sean, you guys obviously started here in Manchester, but you're selling locally, you're selling up in Enfield, even as far away as Norwalk. So how have you guys been able to grow the business in that regard, distribution outside of the Labyrinth Brewing Company, just the factory and tap room itself in Manchester? You know, essentially it's, you know, that's, the wholesale stuff's sort of the name of the game when you when you want to grow. Um, it's grown pretty well, and uh, it has a lot of potential to grow a lot more this year. Um, you know, eventually, you know, we all have tap rooms. Eventually, you can only bring so many people and sell so much beer through your tap room. So, you know, if you have a plan to grow, wholesale is the only other real avenue to make that a thing. You can. You can make all the beer you want, but still you're only going to get X amount of humans coming through your, your actual space. Wrapping up with co-owner Sean Gora here at the Labyrinth Brewing Company in Manchester as we continue on with the conversations. Sean, tell us all what you're looking forward to as 2023 rolls on. We've got a lot of great stuff in the future, including the, the new patio opening up, uh, a lot of great events we're working on, some great beers coming out, and you know, just you know, emphasize that, you know, we really stress that we are, you know, a, a just relaxing, come as you are kind of place. It's, it's, you know, we're a space for everyone, really. And that's, you know, part of uh, the mission and values of our business. Up next is Victoria Gunderson. She is a brewer at Labyrinth. Now, before we talk about your work as a brewer, I'm curious how you discovered Labyrinth. Well, I discovered Labyrinth when I was looking for a job. <laughs> Well, that's usually how it works. <laughs> well, I, I was living in Kansas for a while, so I... Okay, now we've got a story here. So you're coming from Kansas, and you end up in Connecticut. So before we even talk about beer or Labyrinth or you as a brewer, I need to know how you made the move from Kansas to here. I actually 
lived in Connecticut, like through uh, middle school and high school, but then I went to college in Kansas and stayed out there for a few more years. Um, I started brewing in Kansas. Um, I was out there for like brewing for like three and a half, four years, something like that. And then I decided to move back to be closer to family. So you're out in Kansas and you're brewing in Kansas, and now you've been brewing in Connecticut here. Is there a big difference between the industries in the two states? One's 1,500 miles away, and here we are in the Northeast. How are they different? I would say it kind of felt like the beer industry in Kansas was um, a little bit back in time, kind of, because when I started, there was like 20 breweries or so in the whole state six or so years ago. Um, And I feel like there were a lot more breweries here on the East Coast or on the West Coast and stuff. I feel like trends and everything kind of make their way to the middle of America a little bit slower. So it kind of felt like I was getting started in the brewing industry out there in Kansas. Well, what got you interested in doing brewing in Kansas? And then later when you came here, you wanted to continue with it. So obviously it's in your blood, it's in your DNA. How did you find that interest? Um, I've always liked... uh, like math and science and I'm also creative and so when I was in college I was studying chemistry and my brother-in-law kind of jokingly was like you know what you could do we could start a brewery together and I was like how whatever because I was like 18 and I didn't like beer at the time but then as I started to discover that I liked certain styles um, like once I turned 21 and stuff I fell in love with stouts so then I was like maybe there's something to this and uh, after I graduated I decided to pester the brewers at a local brewery until I became a brewer there. Fast forward a little bit you're working at Labyrinth here in Manchester I'm Morgan Cunningham on Spotlight Connecticut talking with Victoria she is one of the brewers here or are you the brewer but but you must yeah. have help from these guys. Yeah I have help <laughs> yeah I have help from Sean and we have Tyler also in the back. Okay, so it's a small little team here, small team. Mm -hmm. So here you are at Labyrinth now. Do you feel differently, obviously, than you did a few years ago? More confident, perhaps, in the work that you're doing? Yeah, I'd say for a while, when I first started, you know, you feel kind of an intruder syndrome of feeling like I know nothing. I still feel like I know nothing, but I do feel more confident in the knowledge that I have because I've been doing it for, like, six years or so and so I know I know things but I also I think the moment you think you know everything then you're falling behind anyway so I am more confident but always try to learn. What's your usual day look like here at Labyrinth? When do you get here? What's your first task? Walk me through your day. Generally we start at like 8 a.m. and uh, I mean every day is kind of different whether we're brewing or canning or just doing transfers and stuff, but um, pretty much first thing in the morning, we take samples of the tanks to see, you know, how fermentation is going and and then go from there, (laughs) whatever main tasks for the day. Some friends that do brewing, like on a small scale at home, and they're doing it at like midnight. So I assume you're not doing it at midnight, but is this an all day (laughs) thing or, you know, you... No, I mean, I'm generally here for a normal day, you know, like eight to four or five. Is there anything unusual about being a brewer that maybe the average listener might not know about? A little insider story or thing that you could tell me? Uh, You know, after you've been in the industry for a bit, 
you're probably not drinking very much beer, actually. <laughs> I make it, but I don't drink a whole lot of beer. Is it just because you're exposed to it so much? Yeah, it's pretty much, I just taste it to make sure it's right and doing what it's supposed to. And uh, I drink a lot less beer than I did in the beginning. Well, now I'm curious. So your taste buds, are you interested now in more, say, wine or hard liquor or something else? You know, Are you interested in something different? I always joke that I have. Like at my previous brewer, I had desk whiskey because, <laughs> you know, some days call for some desk whiskey. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I like I got into red wine more recently. Uh, I don't really drink all that much in general, just kind of once in a while, I guess. Because you do it every day. Drink? No, I'm well, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, the little tests yeah, yeah. and the tastes yeah, and yeah. the samples. So I guess technically you kind of do. True. Yeah. <laughs> Now, that's how you wrap up an episode of Spotlight Connecticut. She's just so fun. There's a spontaneity there in that interview. It's just like, yeah, that is the kind of personality we want to close the show with. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.